Well, yes, collaboration is everything. The same as, I guess, in life, collaboration is everything. Um, what other people bring to it is what you couldn't have done on your own. Welcome to the Lost Map podcast. I am your host, Pictish Trail. I'm recording here in my shed on the Isle of Egg. It's started to get cold. I'm cold. I hope you enjoyed last month's episode. It was more of a mixtape, really, wasn't it? Is that what a mixtape is? I just want to be cool and use the word mixtape. It was an experiment. And we're, we're going to be starting a brand new series of the Lost Map podcast on the 1st of November, which won't exactly be like last month's episode, but it'll be along the same lines of a mixture of different artist features and interviews and weird segments. Anyway, we'll get to all that soon enough. Currently, you're listening to the final set of episodes in the current series of the Lost Map podcast. And uh, we're going to be spending some time with my good friend, Rosie Plain. Rosie came over to the Isle of Egg at the start of this year, January 2020, which seems like a lifetime ago. Accompanied by her pals Gerard Black and Jamie Whitby Coles. Gerard is the singer and songwriter with the Glasgow-based electropop band Babe. And Jamie plays alongside Rosie in Kate Stable's band, This Is The Kit. So yeah, Rosie, Gerard and Jamie came over in January and spent just under a week in St. Franny's Bothin on Egg, writing and recording music for our Visitations residency series. Visitations. Mm. They created an EP of six tracks, brand new songs, some instrumentals, all new music, which you can own on vinyl as part of a subscription set by signing up on the Lost Map website. You should go to lostmap.com forward slash visitations for more information on all of that. Visitations. In this episode, you'll hear snippets of the music they've created and you'll get a bit of background information on Rosie. In fact, here she is right now, just to say hi. Last night we crossed the road We were being followed Over and under Hi everyone, this is Rosie here in my parents' garden in Winchester. Um, I've come here with Gerard and Jamie and Rachel to uh, work on some new stuff while my parents are away. I have a project called Rosie Plain and I also play in a band called This Is The Kit. I tour a lot with both of these projects. 
we have just finished new This Is The Kit album that's coming out in October that will hopefully get to tour at some point. And I am working on new me stuff. I live in London and I've been there for the lockdown and it's been okay. I have days where I think, oh, maybe I got some stuff done in it and also quite a lot of days where especially now I think maybe everyone is having that a bit where you're like oh all these months passed and what did I do but that will probably become apparent as the life unfolds it's not always obvious what you've just done when you've only just done it or not done it Rosie is someone I've known for a long time now. I would say probably 15, 16 years. I've been fortunate enough to release three of her albums as well as a remix album and tracks on various compilations over the years. We've toured together loads on quite epic tours across America and the UK, played festivals together. She's been a regular performer at Lost Map Weekenders and our all-day events. I'm sure we could chat loads about all that and hopefully we will do in a future episode but for today I wanted to continue the structure we've had in the previous episodes of this series and conduct the interview remotely just as I did with Jason Lytle and Rachel Ags I sent Rosie a list of questions and she took some time out from her busy recording schedule to answer them. Before we get stuck into Rosie's life story, just for a bit of context, for those who might not know, before Lost Map I used to co-run a label called Fence Records based in a small fishing village in Fife on the east coast of Scotland. I started working there in 2003. At the time we were releasing music by singer-songwriters such as King Creaso, Pip Dylan, Lone Pigeon and a handful of others. Rosie and her brother Sam became fans of the label quite early on. Here she tells us about her start in music, playing at her brother's open mic night with her pals Kate and Rachel, her discovery of Fence Records and her initial move to Bristol. Where are you rushing to? Northern or southern? One of the two. In the company. I grew up here in Winchester. My brother, Sam, is such a music gobbler. I knew about loads of stuff because of his amazing appetite for finding stuff. He bought a Pip Dylan record at a record shop. I think he got it because he just thought the title was funny. The bit of cheese thing, out of all the things I can eat, I'm always pleased with a bit of cheese. I think that's the title. So, yeah, that was a sort of window into Fence Records that became a very big part of my life. And, yeah, he ran an open mic night at the Railway Inn in Winchester that when I was around 15 or something, I started, um, you know, learning some other people's songs and playing them at it, along with Kate, 
stables because she is from Winchester as well. We play songs together, we learn songs together and sing them. And also Rachel Dad, because she came to the art college here and was then going out with my brother. So we sort of would all play music a lot together and then occasionally supporting someone at the railway, me, Sam and Kate. And then everyone moved to Bristol I moved to Bristol to go to the art college. My brother moved to Bristol to do a music technology degree. Rachel moved to Bristol. Kate moved to Bristol. And we started playing things there. And, yeah, Sam had the idea of setting up Cleaner Records, which was, yes, yeah, sort of just a way for us to release our own stuff. And I think he thought of Cleaner Records because maybe everyone sort of had some sort of a bit cleaning job or something or... Is that true? I think there was something to do with people having jobs as cleaners like you do when you're a teenager. Yeah, so moved to Bristol and I met Francois there and started playing with him a lot. Um, he has a project called Francois and the Atlas Mountains but and we would put on nights sometimes. There was a thing, we went to the, I think maybe like the first Green Man Festival and Sam had seen a thing on the Fence Records website saying um, make us a tape to listen to in the car, in the van and so we made a tape and all put a song by ourselves on it and I called myself Rosie Plain, I'm not actually called Rosie Plain, there you go bombshell um, I, I'm called Rosalind Layden hello, Rosalind Anna Layden um, but I sort of felt like not calling myself Rosalind Annalade and I've always been called Rosie for sure and I just called myself Rosie Plain. Unfortunately there's no particular remarkable story about it. I just wrote that on the tape cover. I said this song is by Rosie Plain and then yeah met Johnny and Kenny at the festival and then put them on at a place called the Polish Club in Bristol organized a gig there and they came and played and then yeah just became friends with them and then they said that they were interested in releasing some stuff so then I started releasing things on fence records and then lost map one god I remember that green man I think it must have been 2004 it was one of the Baskerville Hall ones. Man, that festival is really responsible for so much happening in my life. It's mad. Anyway, so where were we? Uh, Rosie is starting to make her own music at this point. I asked her specifically which records had made a big impact on her and had inspired her to start writing her own songs. Yes, I remember the the beta band being a really big deal. Me and Sam and Kate and Rachel were really into them. And who else? I, I loved the Roots. 
I, that Arab Strap album, the is it called The Weekend Never Starts Around Here? I think maybe it is. I, that was one of the first records that I bought myself. And it's funny, I heard it recently and I thought, oh, wow, this is sort of how I play the guitar. Like really, you know, just really super minimal amount of strings used, not a lot of strumming, minimal picking. And I thought, oh, how, how funny. There, an influence started making my own music by recording things on a four track i really uh i loved being you know when i was when i was using it all the time it was so nice to sort of be savvy with the four track just you know when you sort of get to know a bit of equipment you can sort of you can use it really well because it sort of becomes second nature and that's it's really nice when you sort of get in get in tune with a bit of equipment and just a sort of lovely exciting limitation that I didn't even realize was a limitation then because of course it wasn't because it was four whole tracks that you could do on top of each other but that sort of felt really amazing that you could join in with yourself yeah so I guess that sort of made me learn a lot about what I enjoyed in recording Upon moving to Bristol, Rosie started performing gigs and becoming involved in the scene there. She recorded an EP called A Noisy Noise, A Noise, A Noisy Seagull. I think that's what the name of it was. I wonder if it was inspired by that Pip Dylan album she mentioned earlier. (laughs) Uh, I'll have to ask her next time I see her. But yeah, after a few years, she started to work on an album, her debut, entitled Inside Over Here which was mostly recorded in Bristol, although there was also a stint up in Fife with Gordon Anderson, a.k.a. Lone Pigeon, up at his place. We released Inside Over Here on Fence Records in 2008, and it was funny because up to that point we hadn't released that much music by folks outside of the collective living in Fife. There was definitely a sense of kinship with what Rosie and Sam were doing within the emerging DIY scene in Bristol. When, yeah, moved to Bristol, we all started putting on lots of gigs, started doing some little DIY tours. The first album I recorded, Inside Over Here, I did mainly in my brother's bedroom. He recorded it. We also did a bit in Scotland with Gordon Anderson at his house there. Bristol was a really inspiring place to be because loads of people just, yeah, just it was a really proactive uh, encouraging scene there loads of loads of people up to stuff and that sort of you know that and and with a really uh, great encouraging attitude so that sort of that made it feel really possible to put on the gigs that you wanted to see maybe but it, yeah it was it was encouraging to feel like you could just make things happen yourself I used to work on these ferry boats in Bristol that went round the harbour, I'd take the tickets and then I'd also repaint them when they came out of the water and then I also did quite a lot of other sort of boat painting work in some boatyards in Bristol. I've always sort of liked 
sort of manually sort of labour, which has been quite drawn to manual work, I guess. Four years later, we released Rosie's second album, Joined, Sometimes Unjoined. That came out in 2012, and it kind of marked the end of her time in Bristol. She continued to tour loads, was constantly on the road. She moved her stuff to London and was now a full-time musician, dividing her time between doing her own music and as a member of This Is The Kit. And it's been really cool to see that journey, that progression, steadily honing her craft among Bristol's DIY scene, building up a following, so that by the time she recorded her third album, Friend, in 2014, which we released on Lost Map the following year, she was stretching even further, collaborating more with other musicians and embracing a much fuller band sound. Yeah, so the first maybe two albums that I did, they felt a bit more bedroomy, I guess. And then the third album, Friend We Did, maybe was the first one that was sort of all with a band and that. And uh, I loved doing that album. That was a really hugely sort of significant, um, I don't know, it, it felt like a really, really important time for me doing that. It was, yeah, amazing. We had this week with Gerard, Amory and Jamie at the Total Refreshment Centre in London. I was living on a boat at the time. Oh, here's a nice little chainsaw. But yeah, we recorded this album in a really short space of time and I sort of didn't really even know what I was expecting. I didn't necessarily know if we were going to do a whole album, but um, but we bloody did. Um, the most recent album, Water Boost, came out last year and that was sort of done in quite a different way. We did it in a few different sessions, in a few different places and sort of edited it over a year. The different ways things can happen. I sort of, I want, after we did Friend, I thought, oh, cracked it. That's the way to do an album, do it in a really short space of time and sort of tried to do that again. And of course, it's hard to make um, the same thing happen again. So it just, it came out in a, in a really different way, but um, but a really sort of necessary way to do that. So I and I'm and I'm I feel really sort of fond of both processes now. That feels good position to be in. <laughs> when the conditions are right, it can be freezing at In 2019, Rosie signed with Memphis Industries and released her fourth album, What A Boost, which is an amazing record. Perhaps less poppy and immediate than Friend, but a deeper exploration of that album's sense of groove and atmosphere, creating a band sound that is as distinctive as her own voice. What I find really interesting is that she's managed to develop this identity with her band. You could take out her singing and it would still very much be recognisable as Rosie Plain. Throughout her career, she's been a member of This Is The Kit, Francois and the Atlas Mountains, she's performed with Rachel Dad, Alabaster de Plume, has taken part in Justin Vernon's People Project in Berlin. I asked Rosie about what role collaboration plays in her own creative process and what it means to her. Well, 
Well, yes, collaboration is everything. The same as, I guess, in life. Collaboration is everything. Um, what other people bring to it is what you couldn't have done on your own. It lets you get out of your own tunnel of how you imagine things might be. It expands your mind, it expands your skills. Yeah, I've, I feel like a, a better musician around other people. Also, I sometimes feel like a worse musician because, my, because uh, I'm exposed. Uh, <laughs> but I love, I love playing in This Is The Kit. It, like, uh, I like the difference in responsibilities of sort of having my own project. It, it, feels, it feels hugely different but um, hugely rewarding as well, playing, working hard and playing in another thing to make it good, but that you have a different sort of emotional responsibility and attachment to that feels really healthy. It feels good not just to think about my own silly shit all the time. I used to play in Francois's band a lot. That taught me loads of stuff. I play quite a lot with Gus Alabaster de Plume. He's not that into parts. Although he's into everyone's musicianship, he's into the moment and and the people and what they bring and and he he's amazing at sort of entrusting each other in each other and he really forces that upon people which can sometimes feel quite difficult in a you know in your own confidence way being like oh but what shall I play I need to know some parts but it's really powerful how he manages to give people the confidence to play with each other without necessarily knowing what they're going to play and and I'm really grateful for that because I I often feel quite shy about my own musical abilities and stuff so yeah I really value that as a an experience I think I've lived in London for about eight years, which I find crazy because in some ways I sometimes sort of still feel quite new to it, but maybe it's because it's just such a sort of um, unfathomable place that you can, maybe you can never really get a handle on it. But I think also that's what I really like about it, that it keeps you on your toes in a lot of ways and it changes a lot, which is great. And I also don't feel new to it. I feel part of a lot of good stuff there. And that is, I think it's, you know, it's made me maybe moving from Bristol where I'd sort of, maybe maybe it gave me more boldness or something as a musician myself because just, you know, asking other people to play with me or just meeting people in this new place you can maybe frame yourself slightly differently not that not that I wanted to reframe myself but I think it probably definitely changed how I treated my own work I think and yeah especially after recording Friend that made me take some stuff and myself a bit more seriously um, my sort of most regular band members these days are Jamie, Gerard, Rachel and Amory I love this gang altogether. They all sort of bring such amazingly different qualities and personal vibes and crazy ideas that I I love what they do. 
and I love all of their own separate projects as well. They, uh, yeah, Gerard has an amazing project called Babe. He also plays with uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg a lot. Jamie has a project called BFAX that he's just released an album of that you should check out. It's, it's called BFAX, the title is BFAX, and he is called BFAX. Rachel plays in millions of amazing bands. She's got an incredible band called Trash Kit and Bamboo. She also plays in Bassian. And uh, yeah, she's an absolute force. Anna, Anna sort of, I I love her her musical attitude. I just, it's exactly in the right place. And uh, it's a really good reminder when you're going down some ridiculous, self-obsessed hole. I often think of Rachel's attitude <laughs> to it. Rosie's approach to making music and collaborating was one of the main reasons I thought she'd be perfect for visitations. And yeah, in our next episode, we're going to hear all about her experience on the Island of Egg and she'll be accompanied in conversation by her collaborators, Gerard Black and Jamie Whitby Coles. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to support what we're doing and be able to listen to the music that's been created in full, you should sign up to Visitations. If you subscribe to Series 2, you'll receive three slabs of vinyl, one of which is by Rosie, Gerard and Jamie. Go to lostmap.com forward slash visitations. I'm going to leave you now with a full track from their EP. This tune is called Bertie. <laughs> I think Bertie. I think maybe they've been eating a lot of licorice all sorts. Bertie Bassett. I'm going to go and eat some licorice all sorts. We'll see you in a wee bit for the follow-up episode. Goodbye.
disappear. 